Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Matt Smith. This week's guest is a great one. He's a really good close friend of mine. He's a wonderful coach. It's Derek Barry of Ignition APG and Loveland High School out in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, Derek is one of the one of the best people I've ever met. I had the pleasure of working with him back in 2016. We both interned together at the University of Kentucky. Had a lot of good memories together. We've stayed in really close contact ever since then. Derek's doing awesome things out there in Ohio. Um, he works with you know Loveland High School. He's worked with you know the Bengals. He's worked with some other Division One programs. Um, a lot of great information in this episode. Talks about culture. Talks about training his athletes. Um, I can't thank Derek enough for being on this week's episode. Uh, just excited to to share what he has here for all you coaches. Um, make sure you guys rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Thank you to everybody that supports the podcast, to all my past guests. Um, praying for everybody right now, going through everything. Um, I hope you and your family are all safe and strong. And uh, again, make sure you rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. This week's guest, Derek Barry. Reach out to him, guys. Great coach. And everybody, stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. My guest today is a good buddy of mine, uh, Derek Barry. He works with Ignition uh, in Cincinnati, uh, where he is contracted at the Loveland High School in the greater Cincinnati area. Derek and I go back, interns back at Kentucky football in 2016. My buddy from the coffee machine, an all-around good guy. What's up, man? How's it going? Thank you for having me on. Yeah, man. Of course, one of the people I always wanted to have on here. You know, I've had Will on in the past. I was like, man, I got to get Derek on and uh, just talk it up, man. So I'm glad to have you on this morning. Thank you. So I talked at the beginning there. I get the intro. You know, you're at Ignition. I think that's a great place um, in the Cincinnati uh, greater area. Um, you know, talk to me a little bit about how you got to Ignition and then Loveland High School and, you know, your beginnings of the weight room. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, it all first started, uh, I was at a camp in, uh, probably middle school football camp for a local high school. And, uh, I'd done really well. And a guy had recruited me out to his training facility, which at the time was kind of like a, you know, an unheard, unheard of thing for me. Uh, so I went out there, checked it out. Uh, he had a very, very nice state of the art facility, about 70 yards of turf, uh, in a weight room with just about every high tech piece of equipment that you could need. Uh, so I tried that out for a day, and I was hooked instantly um, with just the process of training. I uh, saw how it could impact my performance and whatnot. So, uh, and then at high school, um, we had a we had a pretty pretty solid strength coach at our high school. Um, had some big names on our teams. So uh, we had guys getting recruited. Uh, Mac Brown would come up and visit. Urban Meyer came from Florida. Uh, Jim Trestle. So there was always, uh, you saw the importance of the weight room. They would come to watch workouts and it just kind of hits you right away about how important the weight room was. So I uh, went to the University of Cincinnati, was in business school for a while, wasn't, wasn't too happy with it, uh, took some time off and then uh, started to do some research on the strength and conditioning side of things and um, decided that that's what I wanted to commit to. Wanted to find my way in somehow. I had no connections. Um, so I started off, I, I looked up the uh, athletic directory and I just emailed everybody in sight nonstop. 
And um, the director of football operations had given me the equipment manager's email. Um, so I emailed him. It wasn't what I was looking for, but it was, you know, step in the door. So I emailed him, set up an interview, and, and I told him, I was like, hey, my ultimate goal is to be a strength and conditioning coach. Um, just trying to get my foot in the door. So if that opportunity does come, um, you know, I may go off in that direction. He was cool with it. Um, awesome guy by the name of Blake Reed, uh, still close with him. And I actually ended up staying with the student managers all through my uh, uh, college career while doing strength and conditioning just because uh, I learned just as much from there as I did in strength and conditioning. So um, interned under Tommy Tuberville's staff at the University of Cincinnati. The head strength coach was Joe Walker. Um, the assistants were Orlando Smith, uh, Reed Keggy, Jake Riedel, David Neal, uh, Chris Gray was a guy. Um, and was there for about uh, two seasons, year and a half of time there. And it was actually my student manager connection that got me to the University of Kentucky where I met you. Um, I was, when I was a student manager, I was under Eddie Grant. He was our offensive coordinator and he had taken the OC job at Kentucky. And uh, for the student managers, when you're seniors, all the coaches kind of write you a thank you letter. And he had written me one saying, you know, if you ever need anything, let me know. I'd seen that post on footballscoop.com. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to call him. Uh, and I don't even think he knew I was in strength and conditioning. I didn't tell him. I just called him and said, hey, uh, I'm applying for an internship. Do you mind being a reference? And he, he referenced me. And next thing you know, I was uh, down in the U.K. with you, Will, and John. Um, Wild times there. Good, good times for sure. <laughs> good um, times, good times, man. Yeah. Um, so I was there for that summer and then <clears throat> graduated, came back to Cincinnati, uh, scheduled to take my CSES. I'm applying to grad assistants left and right. And I had one lined up. Um, I think I was like final two candidates. And I did not pass my CSES by three questions. And uh, was definitely a down down point. You know, you talk about ups and downs and on the journey. And I've been going up for a while. You know, got my foot in the door. UC UK um, had to call the guy and tell him. He's like, hey, I didn't pass. So I felt real bummed about that, and honestly, felt unprofessional. Obviously, you know, um, definitely an upsetting part. And meanwhile, you know, I'm I'm still at my parents' house. Um, 25 coming up you know health insurance all that and the dream started to close they're starting to tell me like hey you know you've been you've been working at it for a while now but you know if this doesn't work out you got to get a job and um so I, I applied to ignition to be an intern uh, just to keep my resume busy uh unpaid intern and I, I just kept telling myself I was like you know you did not come this far to only come this far like there's no way that this is where the, the journey ends so I uh, passed my CSCS before I um, got into ignition. So I was uh, started off as an unpaid intern there, was CSCS certified, uh, had my USAW, you know, pretty, pretty good resume, collegiate experience. And they put me at Turpin High School under a guy named Chris Gray, who was my boss at UC. I had no idea he was at ignition at the time. Um, uh, I had applied and he had texted me like right away, like, hey man, I, I just saw your application. I had no idea that he was there and he's like, yeah, you know, I'd love to have you. So worked with him at Turpin. Um, he got promoted, moved on. So I ended up taking over Turpin, um, was there for about two, three-ish years. Uh, and then recently within the company kind of uh, took a step over to Loveland. And uh, that's where I'm at now, coaching the Loveland Tigers. Love it, man. A lot of good stories in there. So, you know, you talked about your equipment, you're an equipment manager. 
but you're always wanting to do the strength and conditioning on the side. You know, what made you want to be a coach? Um, it's a good question. Uh, I mean, at first, you know, you're young and naive. I just wanted to be involved in sports. Um, I've always been a pretty good athlete, fairly coordinated. So it, it comes natural to me. It's, it's easy for me to, to teach that to people. Um, when I was a young kid, I always dreamed of being in the NFL. I even, I know to this day, I still have, there's projects in high school. In my sophomore year, we had to do a, a project on your dream, what you wanted to be, you know, in the NFL. And I remember the teacher telling me, uh, you're not going to the NFL. And, and so part of me wanted it, once I figured out the landscape of the training and conditioning industry, um, you know, I always had that on my radar. It's like, I, I want to try to make it pretty far just to, uh, you know, set a goal for myself and whatnot. Um, a little, little bit of a logo chaser in the beginning, for sure. Um, but then once I, I'd say it really hit me at Turpin uh, when I first took over and you start to, when you start to build the relationships with the kids, any of your athletes, no matter the age, um, when you start seeing them put in the work, starting to gain weight or lose weight, whatever their goals are, um, that's when it really hit me that, you know, I'm in it for the relationships and trying to teach kids to be resilient and whatnot. Um, a big thing for me is I feel like my journey within the career is very translatable to the athlete's journey, whether it's in the weight room, in the classroom, and especially in the future. So it's a big motivator for me for why I coach is um, just trying to be authentic, vulnerable with the kids, let them know, you know things that have went on in my life that have got me to where I am, whether it was success or failure. Um, big, big quote of mine, probably my favorite quote that I'd go off of is you know be the coach that you needed so uh, try to provide my athletes so I guess all the answers kind of all over in the beginning you know I was chasing it just because I was into sports and and it came natural to me but as I went through my journey in my career and you build those relationships you start to see you know how important it is that how much the kids you know rely on you and whatnot and look up to you yeah I mean that, that's how I think it always starts up to everybody like when you're young you're like oh I'm gonna go I mean, that's what I thought when I went to UK. It's like, man, I'm at UK, SEC football. Right. That's going to be gravy from here, you know. But then you start to realize, like, the relationship side and, like, the, the X's and O's of making them a better person at the end of the day is what is the, the cool thing. Like, getting them strong and stuff, yeah, that's cool. But, like, getting them strong for after they leave the weight room and, like, go on to life is, like, I mean, that's everything. So, that's cool. Oh, yeah. I think that's a natural <laughs> transition that everybody has, you know. Yeah. Definitely. The the weight room just happens to be the platform. Yeah. The message is, you know, the message is way bigger than the weight room. It's way bigger than whatever sport they're involved in. Um, but the weight room just happens to be the platform that I communicate that message to them with. Yeah. So, I mean, so you handle stuff in the weight room. You've been doing it for, for a few years now. You know, transitioning to Turpin. Um, I know you work with the Bengals for a little bit, too. Um you know, how do you train your high school kids? How, what, what, what does it look like for you uh, training those kids? Yeah. Um, I guess the way I'll describe it to you, <clears throat> I'll start off with, I have an, an eighth grade intro class. It's probably my most important um, class that I teach or group. Basically, eighth graders that are going to be freshmen. <clears throat> excuse me. Eighth graders that are going to be freshmen um, that spring, I will open up, you know, about an hour session for them, uh, three nights a week to come in and learn the weight room. Um, dealing with high school athletes, you've got to consider that someone in the room, it's probably their first time being in a weight room, you know, 
Um, so that's who I, I cater my programs to. And we start off right away, we're on the board and I'm going over uh, culture and rules right away. We're, I'm teaching you, uh, you know, things like we're not yawning, um, don't cross our arms, hands in our pockets, we're not leaning on things, you know, the typical body language, positive body language, positive culture, things like that. Um, from there, obviously, start with very basic exercises and going over the technique. And again, it's, I'm telling you, you there's people that they don't even know what a, a clip or a collar is or how to put it on the bar. And it's like, yeah. things like that. When I first started coaching, I had to backpedal. Like I'm, th I'm hopping in like, all right, you know, we're doing this, this, and this. And then they've got 10 pounds on one side of the bar and 15 pounds on the other side of the bar with no clips. And I'm like, what are we doing? So I'm, I'm telling you the amount of times that you got to backpedal and slow things down. And it, and I mean that in a good way, it, it's a good thing learning to slow down and whatnot. Um, but once we have all that established, as far as the, the programming, um, I do total body days because it's hard to account for the kids' attendance aren't perfect. Um, you know, you got those kids, if they're showing up once or twice a week and it happens to be leg day every time they show up, then that's an issue. Right. It's just, it's so much easier to, to weed out those complications uh, when I do total body programming. Um, from there, I keep track of, you know, push, pull, upper, lower, um, carries, core, make sure we're working three dimensions. Um, for every movement, every bilateral movement, I'm trying to find a unilateral movement for it. Um, and then I, I, I stick with linear periodization um, because for me, when you start to get into the undulating model, when you're dealing with the high schooler, right, if, if it's their first day in the weight room, and you're on a, a strength day or a power day and you're only doing, you know, four to six reps, this, they're not getting enough practice. One, the weight's too heavy. The weight's going to be too heavy for them. And then two, they're not getting that repetition, that practice. So um, I like to, you know, we start off with GPP and um, high reps, working our way down over time. Um, but that way, you know, because then the, weight, the weight's light and they're getting practice. You know, if I, if I, prescribe you one set of 20 or even two sets of 20 reps at, at very light weight and it's your first day in the weight room reps one through five one through eight gonna be a little off probably eight through 12 you're gonna start to get it and then 12 through 20 they you know good job give you nucks and then let's repeat that on the next set you know yeah so, um yeah that that's pretty basic programming nothing crazy i'm not doing anything groundbreaking yeah but i think it's important though because you're you're putting them in the best position to be their best selves in the weight room and then to not to, not to have diminishing of returns, right? So you're helping them prepare for the loads that they're going to have. You're not going to load a bad motor pattern because if they're an eighth grader or a ninth grader and they got a terrible motor pattern, think how bad that's going to be when they're 20 yeah. years old, you know? So I think that's super important what you're doing, man, is you're loading them up correctly and not – because I think you'll see that too much, you know, I know my area, they have a lot of high school powerlifting meets, and you'll see these lists, and they're horrendous, and they're like, this kid doesn't need to be lifting that much weight. So if you've kind right. of found just lightening it up, having that linear progression has kind of helped you guys. That's what you're saying? Yep, yep. Um, in season, I've, I've recently gone off of um, the, the tier system. A guy uh, by the name of Jason McLean was with us at Ignition. He had kind of brought that up to me at Turpin. Uh, I think it was popularized by Joe Ken with the Panthers. Um, it's basically 
and, and I tweak it so it fits the high schoolers, but it works well in my opinion. You basically have four parts to your workout. You've got a, a dynamic part, um, a max strength part, which no, we're not hitting twos, um, but you know, but we'll go heavy. Um, you have a volume part and then a posterior chain part. So four parts to your workout. And then what you do is you rotate um, the part of the body that we're hitting. So first day might be my dynamic effort might be upper body. Uh, but the next day when we do the dynamic effort, it might be lower body. And then the third day, my dynamic effort is a total body exercise. And so you're just every day it's in that order of dynamic, max, volume, and posterior chain. But you're rotating which part of the body is is being hit on those so that it, it evens itself out nicely, in my opinion. Uh, the posterior chain isn't any – it's like laying on the ground, eyes wise, T's and A's. Right. Nothing, nothing strenuous like an RDL or anything like that. Um, but, yeah. What what's like your progression model with the kids looking like wise from when they're an eighth grader up to up to a senior? What's progression look like as far as like as far as like they're lifting? So let's say upper body, right? They're gonna start with like push ups up to bench press. What is oh, that? I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I try to, and again, that's where it gets a little iffy as far as when we're very beginning, like GPP or the anatomical adaptation phase. Um, I try to keep things unilateral. When I, I told you, you know, in the beginning, I try to find a bilateral movement for every unilateral movement. Um, but in the very beginning, like with my eighth graders, I try to keep everything, or I try to find a lot of unilateral work. Um, one, because it's easier for them just to, it, it takes a lot more coordination and balance to work on that one side. All their focus is going into that movement. So as far as like intra and intermuscular coordination, it's going to help them with that. Um, and then here, as far let me tell you that with the CSCS and that textbook, don't retain too much information from that in hindsight. But one of the things I did remember is that uh, a lot of studies have shown that for the novice lifter, that unilateral work has been shown to increase strength greater than the bilateral work. So uh, just, just another tidbit that by no means is my um, study, but I know that I read that when studying for the CSCS. So I'll, I'll try to keep, find a lot of unilateral work for them in the beginning um, because then when you move on to the bilateral work, it's just – it's a lot easier for them. It comes, it comes a lot quicker. Now, are you getting a lot of speed work with these kids or is it mostly just in the weight room kind of stuff? Um, mostly in the weight room. Uh, we do have three track lanes in our weight room. Um, I will – I can show you when – when we kind of go over the, the COVID model, I, if I'm allowed to screen share, if it will let me, I can kind of show you the layout of our weight room. We do have a, a very, very nice weight room for the high school level. Um, so I'm starting to tap into um, coordinating that into the weight room. I started there in January, and COVID hit in March. So the way the track's set up, uh, we can't do any speed training right now with the COVID regulations and whatnot. So wow. – not yet, um, but mainly weight room stuff. I do – I'll help program for the coaches in their sports and whatnot and, and come up with – and I try to include uh, speed drills within our weight room, but not to the level that I want it. Uh, you know, I'd love to get it to that UK. We've got, we've got three track lanes about 40 yards long, so I mean, we could get some good work in there. Get some wickets rolling, brother. Yeah. <laughs> we've got some wickets. Yeah. I'll tell you, hey. get the tape measure out and make sure the distance on those is even. Oh, yeah, for sure, brother. Hey, so what does it look like now? You just talked about COVID. What's it been looking like? Uh, how many weeks have you had the kids, and what have you kind of done? Um, yeah, we started June 1st. Um, 
we were only allowed to have 10 people in the weight room. There's, I mean, it, it's, it's intense. Um, give you a little background. My AD, Brian Knatzer, uh, when he was in his undergrad at UC, served under um, Mickey at uh, UC. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yep. So he, and he was actually the strength coach at Loveland um, for quite some time. Was there when they won a state championship. Um, so he's, he's all in on strength and conditioning. Uh, he's honestly a mentor of mine. You know, he's been in the game longer. So uh, real great guy. So he helped me come up with the, the plan, obviously, and is on it. Um, so we set out Paul Prince outside the weight room, um, six feet apart for people to stand in line on. The kids have to have a mask whenever coming into the building. Uh, they, they've got to bring um, their own sanitizer, um, their own mask, their own water bottle. I mean, we can't – it's it's as strict as it can get. You can't really be touching or sharing anything. Uh, yeah. The water fountain, all that stuff's taped off. Um, they come in. I've got 10 spots – actually, a total of 40 pieces of tape are in the weight room. Um, we have 10 racks. They're double-sided. And then on one side of the rack is a track, the, the three-track lens. The other side of the rack uh, is open space with some dust umbells, your med balls, things like that, your accessory work. So they come in, they all go to the track, they're spaced out six feet apart, um, 10 of them, and then they work out in a straight line. So if I'm standing on the track, I look at my rack, the racks are double-sided. So one station is on the track, one station's on the rack, the other station is on the other side of the rack, and then their fourth station is on the opposite side of the weight room. And they just work in a straight line. Um, they're hitting every exercise together at the same exact time. Uh, and then it's up to the coaches how long their times are. So we're only allowed to have 10 in the weight room. It, it's, it's been bumped up to 30. I'm allowed to have 30 now, um, but I'm, I'm going over the 10-person model just because that's what we started with. Um, so what we did is a coach can reserve uh, the campus, basically, because there was also the regulations for outside. Um, right. And so the issue is we needed to use a lot of field space. Like football's got 80-plus kids on it. And I can only have 10 kids in the weight room at once. And I can't give them six hours of the day if I've got to train my other teams. So each team has two hours on campus. We've got stations all over to where they can fit all their kids. And the weight room is one of their stations. And whether or not you want to send me your whole team for 10 minutes each, or you want to send me your varsity guys for, you know, with more time, it's up to the coaches. But basically, when you're a coach, you have two hours at Loveland High School. The entire campus is yours. And how you use it, you coordinate that with me. And so it's uh, the, the um, doing all the exercises in a straight line and whatnot. It, you know, if it, it was strenuous and teaching it and it's, it's strict. But as far as discipline and, and doing things right, it's, it's done wonders for us. Um, I make the players, it's all player led. Um, to the point, like, when they're doing a three count on pin press, because we're not allowed to have spotters, so we pin press. Um, you know, any type of count, like, they're counting everything. It's player-led. I am I was doing a lot of the yelling in the beginning and trying to coordinate right. and my horse going rasp. And, and on top of that, I'm like, you know, they need to learn this anyway. Like, it's all about you – know, I, I can't be in the huddle with you on Friday nights. Coach can't be in the huddle with you on Friday nights. You all got to start talking to each other. So – it's done – it's been awesome as far as structure. And and coaching, I'm telling you, man, I stand at the end of the room. I look down the line. We're all hitting dumbbell rows. I'm, and I'm, if you're wrong, I'm coming to find, I'm coming to help you. Whereas, you know, before you're running around, 
you know, look, everyone's everywhere. Um, and you're trying to find who's what's doing, who's doing what wrong, whereas now it's, it's right in front of me. Yeah, it, it keeps your eyes on everything where you can kind of see maybe something needs to be fixed. But then also you said, you said something really important right there is that you're programming around the social distancing. So I know <clears throat> I've seen some stuff on social media that people were talking about is like, you got to, you have to, the pin presses, for instance, you can't have the spotters. So you got to do that. Where if you're going to do a heavy max squat, you, you got to have spotters for that. So that's right. not socially distancing. So I think that's super important too. You got to program around that social distancing. So that I think is probably a huge benefit to you because it keeps them safe, but then you're also getting the same work done. You just got to do it in a different way because there's always a different way that you can do things. So is that kind of what you've been finding too? Yeah. Yep. Let's, you think this thing will let me screen share? Yeah, it should. Yeah. I'll, uh, odd says only you can. Ah, oh, dang it. Let me see if I it can. It might be in your settings. Yeah, I'll have to change up my settings for next time. I apologize. Oh, you're good. No worries. Oh, there you are. You're back. <laughs> but no, uh, so, you know, with your kids, you know, what's some of the biggest lessons that you found, you know, coaching the kids in the high school? What did you find at, at Cincy? What did you find at Ignition, UK? What, you know, what's some of the biggest lessons that you found in your, you know, your time of being a coach? Yeah. Um a good question um I guess I'll start back at let me see I mean UC um culture for sure was UC was the introduction for me so I can't even list all the things that I learned there you know that was it was an eye-opening experience but um the head strength coach was awesome tremendous guy tremendous human being um cared about his staff cared about his players um was big on the whole where we got, you know, body language, no yawning, um, arms folded, things like that. Even uh, our athletes, we, they didn't, we didn't uh, wear cutoffs in the weight room. Wow. Uh, I don't want to, uh, let me see. he never verbally said this to me, so this is going off of an assumption. Um, <laughs> don't want to totally speak for him, but I, I would assume it was kind of the whole, like, part of the ego thing as far as, like, look, you're a Division One athlete, everyone in here is muscular. You know, we're kind of taking that out of the equation. Um, they always came in dressed to the T. Um, and I'll never forget one time we had, we had gotten beat really bad uh, by USF. And he had went through the next day. And we were kind of having – our season wasn't going how we wanted it to. And the next morning at lifting, he had went through for every athlete and, and pretty much told them, you know, how he felt about them called them out on their whether they worked hard, whether or not, in, in, in the most respectful manner, was not tearing anyone down. But the thing that stuck out to me was, like, it wasn't cookie cutter. It wasn't, like, you're a hard right. worker, you're not, and moving on to the next. It was, like, for every single kid, he had specific examples of things that, you know, almost like, like eye-opening as far as, wow, he's really watching. He really pays attention. He really cares. I mean, he went everybody. And I was just like, that, that's impressive. He was someone that, you know, people say you, you work for someone out of love or out of fear. And for him, he worked out of love as a, whether yeah. it was an athlete or a, a coach or, you know, student intern. Like I didn't fear him. He was, he was big dude, real big dude. I didn't fear him. I just, I loved working for him so bad that like you felt bad if you let him down. So right. uh, I, I definitely took that lesson there based, you know, building relationships with the athletes and your staff is extremely important to get them to work hard for you. Um, UK, uh, the intensity, um, 
being punctual, whatnot. The intense and again, a lot of a lot of the speed training we did there, that was yeah. next level eye opening for me. I know the, the question's deeper than the programming side of things, but that was something we did the speed stuff we did there was open my eyes to that side of um training. But definitely the intensity, man. They didn't those guys didn't have a bad day as far as no. and it was all because of the environment, man. The the music and uh Coach Eddie he was an intense guy, man. He demanded it from the minute he walked in the door. It was like, yeah. man, the, the warm-up with, with the monster walks, man. And people, we were all stationed at separate pillars, and, like, you catch anyone taking a break, man, you're on them. Like, they couldn't – Man. They could not stop. I can't remember which lineman it was, but it was, like, our first or second day there. And uh, oh, I remember that we, we were doing the monster walks, and remember how we would kind of, like, mess with the linemen, like, act like we were D-linemen, and they punch us or whatever? Yeah. I did that, and I'm like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a punch here from one of the kids. He hit me so hard in the chest, and I thought he broke my sternum. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this is awful. I'm like, these SEC-level guys are just a completely different – I will never forget that. That's my biggest memory of the monster walk. And then <laughs> just Coach Ed just calling people out. That was number uno right there, man. I, that monster walks were, were tough in the morning time. And then they started adding the extra band. Oh, man. Yeah, he, he demanded it from the beginning, man. I don't, you remember when, like, I, and this is funny because I actually just installed hurdles the other day at my school. And oh. so, yeah. <laughs> remember when he sent the freshman home? Yes. For yes. touching the hurdles? Yeah. Couldn't even I mean, I touch remember, him. No, uh-uh. I remember him I was losing, like, losing out on us for not setting him up, too. So, you know, you got to make sure you get him set oh, up right yeah. too. Oh, we had to have those things set up to the T, man. And so you know just, what, though? It was punctual though, and like you said, it, we had there was a reason why that it had to be set up perfect because he had his structure on what he wanted to do. And now you and I have been in that position where we're we have to take care of everything. We want it to be perfect the way he oh, did yeah. too. So so it's like at the time you're like ugh, but then when you get older, just a little experience, you're like okay, right. this is this is really important. And it's it's it sets the standard too. I always yeah. preach that to my athletes. Like when I get upset with them about something. It's because we're below par. Yeah. Like, we've set the bar here, and what she showed me today was here, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, man, yeah, UK intensity for sure. Um, Turpin, uh, uh, Turpin, Loveland, Ignition, kind of lump those all together since okay. that's under one umbrella. Um, slow things down. Man, when I first, when I first got in, I was such uh, – I was so OCD with, like – I had to know why we're doing this exercise, this many sets, this many reps at this percentage on this day. And I, you know, I, I need the most scientific answer. And I was working under Chris Gray at Turbin at the time, but this goes for any, any time I'm at against you. When I'm helping out with combine guys, you know, I'm, I was always, my wheels were spinning like that. Why are we doing this in this fashion? And sorry, I, I forget the exercise what we were doing we were at Turpin and I'd asked Chris, uh, you know, why are we doing this? And I remember, his answer was something along the lines of like, well, we just don't have the space for it in the weight room today. They're like, you know, it was the logistics side of it. And I'm, cause I'm sitting there thinking he's about to drop a knowledge bomb on me. And actually I'm not, it is a knowledge bomb, but <laughs> um, I was expecting something, you know, super in-depth science, anatomical. And it was just, nope, we don't have the equipment for that today. Or we don't have the room because we're doing this exercise over here today and it gets in the way. And I'm like, right. like, like, Oh, that's like, I didn't even, didn't even cross my mind, you know? And then, um, 
So our director of training development <clears throat> at Ignition, his name is Mike Wolf, tremendous, tremendous coach, um, big mentor of mine. Uh, he's got at least 20 years experience in the NFL, maybe more. He's with the Eagles for a very long time. Um, Browns, he was down there at the Bengals with me. He's trained special forces. Um, he does our private training with the NFL clients right now and helps out with the combine. And then he also swings around to any of our – so he'll come to Loveland and visit and, you know, get up on the whiteboard and break down what I'm doing, break down his thoughts. Um, so he – and he's an old-school guy, very – he even taught me even more, just slow it down. Like, slower is faster. Start right. off, especially at the high school level, just start so basic and then work your way up. Because the amount of times in the beginning where I'd come in too hot, come in too fast, and then we're having – I'm having to blow my whistle and, all right, everybody, we're, we're rewinding because this is not how I want this. And it's like just take care of it bit by bit and then work your way up. Um, and with the Bengals, uh, I was down there under Chip Morton, Jeff Friday, um, Shay Thompson, awesome staff. Um, they taught me more of the – the research side of things, they down there were so intense with like every morning discussions from textbooks and, and podcasts, just the wheels are always spinning down there. Right. Always spinning. I, I felt like I was so far behind down there, man. Like they, their office even, the amount of textbooks they had on everything. Um, just be a sponge is what I learned from them. They, I mean, they've been thinking about how long they've been in the game, another 20 plus years in the NFL, and they're treating every day as if they're an intern, I felt like. You know? Yeah, that's awesome. Constantly that's searching for information. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, I got to catch up. Yeah, you hear those stories of, you know, like people like Buddy Morris and then like taking a notebook with them to dinner because they might find some idea that might help them with strength and conditioning. It's like, man, that's, that's a whole new level. But hey, you should be able to share your screen now. Check that and see if you can, if you can do that. Show us what you're doing there at Loveland. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Um, your screen. Everybody, we're going to share a screen. It's going to show a little bit of COVID. with a little bit of leveling here. There I we go. Done, I should have done this while I was describing it. Um, <clears throat> so our entrance here, bottom left, um, the floor is black and orange. The white arrows are where I'm able to coach, the spots that I can walk. Um, we got our three track lanes to the right. Uh, 10 racks, they're double-sided, and then um, four stations for each athlete. So a colored circle is an athlete. So Okay. Yeah, so like the red, the four red circles at the bottom, that's yeah. the ninth athlete. Um, those are his four stations that he can work in. So we all they all come in on the track, and then we just work in a straight line. And we, we started off doing every minute on the minute, which was um, – even slower than I'd anticipated, but you know, for return to um, return protocol, wanted to start off slow. The kids were antsy. We, we can go faster. We can go faster. And I'm like, just give me at least two weeks. You know, uh, I got to account for the kid that did absolutely nothing during quarantine. Um, but yeah, they start, yeah, working a straight line. I left a, a lane open for me. If you can kind of see that in the middle, that way, if I needed to demonstrate anything, I had my own lane. Um, so and that was in the middle of the weight room. So they have. Uh, good sight on that and then dismiss them out the exit and that's pretty much it that's good stuff man i appreciate you sharing that on here that's good stuff yeah no problem <clears throat> yeah so what, what was it like those first you know yeah what was it like bringing those kids back into the weight room you know 
Um, I know I know a lot of people have doing one by twenty kind of workouts with the kids for the first few weeks. You know what 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 did you do? Yeah, um, pretty much one by twenty, um, yeah. very lightweight, high rep, and then um, the every minute on the minute. I tested out in Vance. The, the funny thing is, Emom can kind of you know with CrossFit and whatnot can scare you into thinking it's very like high intensity, and that was why you know the reason I had to do. Is because some of my teams, um, football in the beginning, we we're getting like 15 minutes, and so I was like, All right, I have to find some sort of pace to this. Yeah, right, you gotta get yeah. you gotta get some sort of work in. And I made I tested every workout on myself before, and I definitely one of the workouts I was like, I was working out over quarantine, so I know I'm in better shape than the person that's not working out. And one of them, man, it, it got a hold of me, so I was like, yeah, I gotta slow that thing down a little bit, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, we, we started off every minute on the minute and got in about two rounds which was what I was looking for. Um, and then uh, I added an outdoor station. So, and I put my accessory work out there, especially for football, like all of our short, just you've got, so there's a 10 spot spray painted out and uh -huh. I put out five 10 pound plates and we're doing all type of shoulder work. Um, there's some mats out there and bands for uh, neck and then they can lay on their back and do core. Um, but it then, cause I could kind of sell to the coach if I can technically have 20 of your guys now. I've got 10 outside, 10 inside. Um, so, yeah, I, I did that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, no, that's tough. No, I feel like that's tough, you know, having the kids because they're wanting to go. I, like yeah. you said, I'm sure they're wanting to go. And you're like, hey, well, we, we're going to get there eventually. Just, But then, too, I'm sure that probably made me question my what if we get shut down again and stuff like that, too. So, I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a real factor, too, that I know some coaches are dealing with. But, um as we wind down here, you know, what's, what's helping you become the best version of you? I know you talk about you read a lot. Uh, I yeah. mean, you're a good dude. So I know you, you're, you're always working. You're always trying to learn and stuff like that. But what helps you? Is it podcasts, books? Read, you know, what is it? Yeah, um, definitely always trying to learn. Um, it's, it's a good question. And now you just kind of rephrase it. So now you got my wheels spinning even more. Um, yeah. I mean, first – Definitely foremost, I uh, got to thank my parents. Uh, I'm a product of, of good parenting. Um, my mom, she's uh, the most positive person that I've ever met. Like, it's uncomparable. I, I'm a pretty positive person, but I'm, I'm not even in her shadow. Um, and then my dad, definitely very hard worker. He uh, lost his job twice when, we, when I was in high school. And I remember um, – He'd gotten his job back, or he'd gotten a new job, but it was around Christmas time, and he felt the need to work another job for us to have a good Christmas. And and I remember thinking, I think I'm pretty sure I told him, me and my sister, you know, like we don't mind if we don't get presents for, like we're fine, you know. Yeah. But he was hell bent on heck bent, excuse me, on uh, trying to to provide a good normal Christmas for us. So um, he was working his morning job six to or leaving the house at 6 a.m you know and he'd get done at four and then he would have to drive to his other job and work five until nine or ten at night and his second job was actually a job that was with a lot of my high school teammates so kind of like you know that, that could probably feel a little discouraging you know you're working with your son's high school friends and whatnot i'm speaking for him maybe he didn't but um and i remember him saying too that they he would get in trouble if he was a minute late and, like, they knew his situation, too. And so, I mean, he's missing dinner. He's driving straight from one job to the next, um, 
eating on his way up and changing clothes in his car just to make yeah. it on time. And so, you know, that, that has a, a big impact on you when you're a high schooler, you know, um, yeah. those long days. I mean, people, when I was at UC, I had, you know, you're waking up at 4am and I'm going to bed at 12am because I was doing the strength and conditioning in the morning class midday and then student managing at night and you're doing laundry until 11 p.m and then i was commuting i'm driving home so anytime i was having a tough day i would just kind of reflect on that you know um but outside of that you know i just wanted to thank my parents obviously but my own philosophy um practice what you preach um you know all these quotes out there you, you know trying to build accountability discipline character integrity things like that it, it means nothing if you're not doing it yourself um, I'm sure you've seen that who's, that Navy SEAL that spoke on, you know, making your bed every yeah. day. Something so minor, something so minor. I'm Right now I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning just to set up the weight room in time at Loveland. And it's like, you know, there's days I don't want to make my bed at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> and it seems so minor, you know. It's like, why do you – but he, there's nothing better when I come home from a long day and my bed's made and I just yep. plop down on it. Um, other than that – definitely you know show me your five friends and i get your five closest friends i can show you your future um and that kind of also falls in line with if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room i think those two go together um so you know check your circle who's in your circle and then if you're the smartest or if you're if you're the best person in your circle that's not a bad thing one are you bringing those people along though and then two who are you seeking to to elevate you know a lot of people get comfortable and in, in the weight room in life you get comfortable when you when you made it whatever you consider making it and it's like I'm more of like when I get somewhere you know what what's the next step how can I elevate this thing um and then lastly I guess uh the the number one most consistent message that I probably communicate to my athletes and teams um is be kind and be the hardest worker and those two things, the, the blueprint, like, I think those two things right there, uh, whatever you want to be in this life, if you want to make the best popcorn in the world or you want to go to the NFL, it doesn't matter. Those two things will take you to the top of whatever industry you're in. Um, but it's easier said than done. You know, it's, it's easy to say, be kind. It's hard to be kind when someone's being mean to you or when you feel like you're being mistreated, um, when you didn't do well on a test in school or when you got dumped. Yep. Um, and it's really hard to, to say you're the hardest worker in the room. It's easy to say, and I'll tell the kids when I'm talking to them about it, and then I'm, I'll say, right now, I want you to look around at everybody in this room. Did you work harder than every single person in this room today? It's, that's a tough question to answer. And then, yeah. you know, okay, let's put those two things together. So, one, that's just in that room. Be kind and be the hardest worker in the weight room. Now do that in the classroom. Do that at home do that at work, do that in your relationships. And then, okay, after you've knocked out all those rooms, that's only one day out of 365. Can you do that? <laughs> exactly. Like, exactly. So it's, it's very simple, but it's also very hard. It's, it's very hard. So, but yeah, I mean, I guess that's be kind and be the hardest worker in the room. I love it, man. Those are great lessons to be teaching athletes because 99% of them will not go on to be professional athletes. They're going to go out and be moms and dads and work in the workforce. So they can be kind and be the hardest worker in the room. Man, this world's going to be a lot better uh, than when they left it. You know what I mean? So you know, just to kind of piggyback off what you said, 
is I wrote about this in my Elite FTS article about being being a good intern, and um, I saw this firsthand with you. When we would get to the facility, there was, I always I wrote in the article. I said there was always one person that would either beat me or I would I would barely beat, and it was always you. And we were going there together, pretty much damn near every morning. I'm either drinking coffee or not drinking coffee, but yeah. we're always going to the coffee machine. And uh, I think that was a huge success on why uh, we were so successful in that internship together. Was we got there early and we got we got the Gatorade ready to roll. And not that the other guys didn't do it, they did it with us, but. I always remember we were the first two usually in the building, and uh, I think that was really super important on what we did, man. So I always remember on my drive-in, I'd be like, man, I, I hope I beat Derek today. <laughs> <laughs> man, I tell you what, yeah, that's a, a – one, I appreciate that. I'm big on punctuality, being on time, trying to teach that to my kids. That's that's uh, one of my top pet peeves is if someone's not on time. Um, but, yeah, it, it was 15 minutes is early, early is on time, and on time is – or on time is late, late is unacceptable. Heck yeah, so man. I've, that's a big one. Well, Derek, Shoot, I, I remember, appreciate yeah. yeah, I remember yeah, a lot, yeah, man. Yeah. We, 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 we went through a ton, man, that summer. It was, a, it was a good time, brother, and I'm glad that we got to connect. And I'm glad, you know, last year, last January, I got to go up to Turpin and see what you guys were doing. And, man, you're doing great things. I know you're doing great things at Loveland. So, you know, if people want to reach out to you, how can they reach out to you? If it's social media, email. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. I probably have a lot. So, I mean, one, my email is just um, first name initial uh, dot last name at ignitionapg.com. So, d dot berry at ignitionapg.com if anyone wants to email me. Um, the uh, Instagram follow one, one you can follow Ignition APG. We post uh, a ton of our stuff on there. Um, as well as I have an account for Loveland Strength. Um, that's my high school account. Um, I do have a personal account. I don't. I haven't been posting too much on there recently. I, I post motivational stuff. If anyone wants to follow that, it's uh, Shorty Do, S H O R T Y Y D O O. Um, it's a it's a nickname from high school that was given to me from actually. Uh, probably my all-time favorite coach. So I know it's a it's a funny nickname, but it's it's a, something that I cherish, and uh, it's a good name. It's a it's a compliment. So um, yeah, Loveland Strength, one word. That's my high school account. My personal one is Shorty Do, and my email is d dot barry at ignitionapg.com. And, and they as well have their social media account, our social media account, Ignition APG. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you having yeah, me on. Yeah, th thank you, brother. Uh, yeah, for all the ignition stuff, guys, they got good stuff. You know, we got a visit out there last year too. When I before I went out to Turpin, they got some cool stuff going on. Make sure you follow them. Follow him on Loveland and everything like that. And then one last Kentucky story, brother. Remember playing Madden and uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm ranked. It's inside. Nobody's gonna know about it, but I'm ranked. And that's probably one of my favorites. <laughs> I tell that story probably to everybody, but. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, man, and I hope everybody reaches out to you and keep crushing it, man. You're doing a lot of good things out there. Appreciate you having me on, man. All right, guys, make sure you follow him. Uh, remember uh, Derek Berry uh, of Ignition and Level High School and everybody.